Okay. Last year we learned the Maral, and we saw the tremendous side of the Maral, and that is that in order for a person to make the home a place of kedusha, the way to do that is by making the home a place of chesed. But if one's talking about one's home, so then the primary player in the home is his wife, and if that's the case, so then she has to be uh, not just a partner, but really a lead player in transforming the home into a place of chesed. Because even if from the outside the husband can establish the kind of home he wants it to be, but the one who's actually enabling the chesed to happen, the, so to speak, what's generating that chesed is the, is the lady, that's her department. And therefore, we left off the last year, you don't have to speak too much to your wife, and like tomorrow I was going to say later, it doesn't mean because it's not important to talk to your wife, and it's not important that husbands and wives shouldn't communicate. The way we explained it last time, we'll never more than this year, is what it means is don't micromanage her job. In other words, what the the, the tafel of the lady in the house leave to her. But to marabasikha, which means to discuss all the details of the job that she's going to do, there's no reason for the man to be involved in that. There's no reason for the man to be involved in that. Okay, so that's what we were up to last week. Now we're going to see the continuation of the mission of Chazal said that a person who is marabasikha with women is causes himself ra and is in both the vegetarian and gets kehinim and this reminds ourselves the questions about Allah asked on that and that is number one what's the ra what's the bad that it causes a person causes himself number two why do we talk about little Torah dafka regarding to speaking to a woman whereas the same little Torah could be if a person's having an idle conversation with another man and why does it in this case does the mission threaten gehinim those are the questions the Maral asked. We'll supreme them again. So we're going to see the Maral inside Be'ez Hashem, but in order to explain him better, I want to use the principle of the Vilnagon. The Maral doesn't quote this, but I don't think he's arguing with it. And if you understand this, he said of the Vilnagon, it'll make us understand, I think, what the Maral is saying so much more clearly. So the Vilnagon is talking in the beginning of Bereshis, when originally the Apostle tells us that Adam and Chava were created as one unit, as one entity. And what happened was later on, um, HaKadosh Baruch Hu splits Adam and Chava into separate bodies. And what's that meant to represent? So the Vulnagon explains famously that really the neshamas of the man and wife are really one neshama. They're two parts of that neshama, and therefore they were originally created together. When that neshama was created, it was created with both parts of itself, which is both the male and the female part. And in Shemayim they were created as one thing. Which is why the Gemara says that before the Yitzirah Savlat, before the creation stage, so then it's decided who's going to marry who. Because at that stage, the Neshama was still one Neshama. And now it's just a question of when the Neshama gets separated and into the one part, which is the Chalik of the man, and the other part, which is the Chalik of the woman, and now they're going to get sent down in separate bodies, so then where is the, so to speak, the other half of that Neshama who's going to who's going to one day be brought together with it and create a couple, create a, a union of marriage, which is a union between the two halves of that neshama. That we all know. That's well known. And that is that uh, the neshamas of a, of a husband and wife are really one neshama, but they separate into two bodies, and finding one zivug, which means finding the other half of one's neshama. Okay, that, like I said, that we know, that we understand. It's also why when the brach of Shemrach to say that Hashem should make this couple as happy as Kusamechacha Yitzircha, we're going to add in Mikadim. 
as happy as he gladdens or he created that Yitzchak, your creation, in Ganed. And Yitzchak is in the nation of a singular because it was one Yitzchak. It was a creation of, of the human being, which is in the sham of a man and a woman, at that stage which is still connected, and later on got separated into two people, but really two people, two halves of one whole. Two bodies sharing different chalakim of one nisham. Well, as I said, so far it's very well known, but the Vilgun comes to add is why did Hashem do that? Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu separate the neshama of, into two halves and then bring them together in two separate people? Why not just send the neshama down as in one body, as one unit? And uh, what's, what's there to be gained by separating it? And the answer to this, as we say, the Vilnagan, is since there are two primary tafkidim that Hashem wants people to do in this world. And if it were, uh, a person would have only one body, then he wouldn't be able to do both tafkidim completely because the time or the effort on each which we would need to expend on each one to do it completely, to do it properly, would detract from or would interfere with his ability to do the other one. And therefore, what HaKadosh Baruch had to do was create two separate bodies so that each part of the Shama can reside in a different body and then that person is exclusively de- dedicated to one chalik of the Avodah Sa'alam. And the other person, with the other chalik of the Shama, can use that and he's exclusively dedicated to the other chalik of the Avodah Sa'alam. And that way they don't, they don't interfere with each other. And if that's the case, why do they need to be married? What's wrong with each one doing their tafkid as the individual, as the yachid? And the answer is because as a team, so then each one besides what they're specializing in, or what they're focusing on primarily, is the second aspect, and that is that they're enabling and supporting the other person in doing what they're going to do. And therefore, a person really gains the benefit of both. They gain the benefit of what they expended their energies and their time and effort on achieving, and they also gain from what they allowed their spouse to do and progress and achieve in, in, the, in the other field, so they created as well because they allowed it to happen. They encouraged and supported it. And the first way around is Pashat, and that is like the Vilnikon says, but we to ourselves too, a man was created to learn Torah. And therefore, his, his job is, is to maximize his amount of time learning Torah, to understand the Torah and other Torah as best he can. That's his achievement and that's his, that's his mission and that's his reward. And for a lady, even though it's not her primary tafkid to learn Torah, but she can share that reward because she's going to support him and she's going to encourage him and she's going to agree or, so to speak, also adapt herself in order to allow her husband to learn. So then she's sharing in that reward and in most cases, she's also a big part of that reward. It's only because of her support and her her so to speak, belief in the husband's ability that will encourage him to do more. So that's the one tafkid that Hashem wants people to enter, and that's how uh, Hashem creates a man primarily for the tafkid, and the lady who can enjoy the, the efforts of her husband from, from her ability to enhance and support his tafkid. And if that's the case, what's the other way around? What's the primary tafkid of the wife? And the answer is to do chesed. The answer is the primary type of life is to do chesed, and therefore the amount of chesed that already does becomes her primary 
tickets to Adam Abbot to reward. And then here again, the amount that the husband is prepared to support her and stand by her and, uh, so to speak, enable her to do chesed. So that means he's an active participant in the chesed she does and he gets the reward for that as well. So for example, in Sefer in the Gemara's model, when a man was in charge of the finances of the house, so then of course, the ability to do chesed would depend very much on his willingness to support it, to pay for it. But the fact that a man does that enables her to do chesed, so then he gets a schar in the chesed she does. Which means in that context, uh, is a man, is, can the lady learn Torah? Yes. And can I get reward of learning Torah? Yes as well. But is that a lady's primary occupation in life? That she has to focus all the time on learning Torah? The answer is no. Uh, her, her, her primary role is to do chesed. Well, she can learn as well. She will get reward for it. But that doesn't become the tafkid primary that she was meant to do. And same the other way around. Of course the man is meant to do chesed. Of course he gets reward for the chesed he does. But that doesn't change the fact that a man's uh, overriding, so to speak, and therefore the God says Hashem created each one in a separate body so that each one could focus on their, their distinct chilek of Avedis Hashem. Okay, that's the background. That's the background. Now, just on the side point, when you talk about the lady's primary job is the chesed, so, which chesed are we talking about? And the answer is that chesed doesn't just mean for strangers. Chesed can be for one's family members too. Chesed could be for one's children. And in a way, that's a, a long-term chesed, not a short-term chesed. Now, the chesed a person does to another human being, day after day, uh, for years and years, is of a completely different league of chesed than to the average once of act for a stranger. And therefore, it's true that uh, many women are, spend many years looking after their children, bringing them up. There's not a theory to this principle. On the contrary, that's an expression of chesed. It's a beautiful story, a story brought by Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky. In his later years, Rav Yaakov moved into his daughter's home in Mansi, and he was living with her and her family, and when included a number of Rav Yaakov's grandchildren, who were still very small at the time. The story goes that one time a Talmud walks in to discuss something with Rav Yaakov. They ask the door, where is he? He's in the dining room, please go inside. Okay, so he comes into the dining room expecting to find Rav Yaakov by himself there. But really what he sees is Rav Yaakov sitting in his chair and a few few yards away from him is his little grandson who's sitting in a baby chair and Rav Yaakov is feeding the baby cereal spoon by spoon. So the Talmud is a bit surprised, and then he asks politely, he says, Rosh Hashiva, wouldn't there be anybody else who can feed the baby that the Rosh doesn't have to waste his time? And Rabbi Yaakov answered him, waste my time, I'm doing a mitzvah. And what mitzvah is Rosh Hashiva doing? So Rosh said, it's very simple, look, here's a hungry Jew, and I'm busy feeding a hungry Jew. It's not a mitzvah. And it's uh, an amazing way of looking at things. Just like if we would meet a hungry person in the street, and that person said, please, I'm starving, I've nothing to eat. Could you give me some food? We would consider it a chesed, a very big chesed. We're feeding somebody who's starving. So if you think of the little baby who's also hungry, and is also a Jew, and he also doesn't have a way to feed himself or find his own uh, sources of uh, nourishment, 
So if you're going to feed a baby, you're feeding a hungry Jew. That's a tremendous mitzvah. And if that's something which, which a mother is busy the whole time, looking after a, a Jew who can't take care of himself, feeding a Jew who's hungry, um, nursing a sick Jew back to health, whatever the case might be. These are all mitzvahs of chesed. And uh, therefore, can a person combine full-time involvement in Torah to the exclusion of everything else with full-time participation in endless amounts of chesed? No. When therefore the God says, Hashem created a person as two distinct, in two distinct bodies, each one with a different function to do. Now, that's the Vilagod. Coming back to our Mishnah. You now understand better the Yisrael we started before. And that is, that the point of making one's home a place of chesed, a certain chedek of it devolves on the man, a certain chedek is the responsibility of the lady. And the chedek of the man is maybe to make the home in such a way that people are welcome, invite them inside. But the chedek of how to run the home and how to do the chesed b'poyal, which means how to make the chesed happen, whether it's going to be through food, whether it's going to be through accommodation, whatever it might be, that's really the, the, that's really the department of the lady. And now if that's the case, so of course, should, a, should the couple decide what, how much chesed they want to do? Yes. But once that's been decided between the two of them, so should the husband be involved in every decision his wife makes? And the answer is no. That's not his place. That's not what he's meant to be doing. That's her place, that's her chesed, that's her avoider, and he should learn how to do it well. For example, if a, if a person might feel that he knows somebody who could use an invitation, or give them chizuk, or they're going to be lonely. Okay, so then to discuss as a husband and wife team, should we invite this person for a Shabbos, for a meal, whatever it might be, is good. Once that's happened, the husband's done his job. To discuss in detail exactly what the lady is going to prepare, and how she's going to prepare it, which recipe she's going to use, and uh, all this, that, with the get to the practical part of what chesed is going to be done, that's not necessary for him. She's the one who's running the chesed in the home, and therefore it's her department. He doesn't have to be involved in that. And therefore, I'll tell you the sikha which is necessary is the sikha to discuss what to do. But to discuss all the details of what, exactly what's going to be done, it's not necessary. That's the lady's job. Her husband's happy with what she does, and she doesn't have to discuss in detail with him. Just like, if you think about it, the other way around. Uh, a lady who's very into her husband's going to learn, she's very supportive of his learning. So it's good enough that she allows him to learn, she encourages him to learn, she appreciates the fact that he's learning, and that's all she has to do. Does she have to interrogate him with every single thing he learns? And the answer is no, and it's probably even counterproductive. A man comes up from Koyal, his wife says, one second, which test did you learn today? And how many times did you do Chazara? And how did you understand it? And what else did you do? Uh, it's not going to improve his learning. And it's not a biggest chas of time for her either. And then, therefore, the setting applies the other way around. Al-Tar means that once this is your wife's department, don't feel you have to go into too much detail with her. It's her, it's her so to speak, place. It's her job. Let her do it. You can support it. You can encourage it. You don't have to analyze it in painstaking detail. That's the first point. We have to not understand the morale. Now the second point. That's why a person shouldn't be married with Sikha Mahesha. And if a person is, we said three things. He's going to be married with Sikha So when it comes to the Dibritera aspect, we understand straight away. And that is, any amount of time spent doing other things is on the Cheshman of Torah learning. 
and the man's primary job is to learn Torah. And therefore, the more he's going to be involved in the time-consuming job of knowing all the details of doing chesed, the more it's going to distract him from his, what he's already meant to be doing, which is learning Torah. Now, like Maral pointed out, we'll sit inside. For a lady, that's not a bad thing. On the contrary, the detail on chesed is her job. And therefore, the more she thinks about doing chesed, she's doing what she's meant to do. Whereas for a man, where well, that's not his job to focus on the minute of the chesed, so then to, to, to do that is both of the It's taken away from the more important primary job, which is a man's job, and then it's to learn Torah. And why is it going wrong at why is he causing bad for himself? What's bad about discussing with my wife what Chesed she's going to do? So here we come to a concept which Maral discusses in countless places throughout his forum. It's a Yusait. It's the principle of the Maral. And that is, there's something he's going to call Hader. Hader means a lack, something which is missing. And if we, on the one hand, we talk about uh, perfection, good, shlemus, as everything, something is complete. And when I talk about what, something which is missing from that completeness is a lack. There's something missing from the way things are meant to be. They're not in their perfect state. There's something which isn't there yet. And that header, which means the fact that there's something missing, and therefore something isn't perfect, it's not complete, is synonymous with it being ra. In some way it's considered bad. It's not considered good because it's not as good as it could be. It's not complete. So now with that in mind, that's what the Mara says. And then it says, The person who speaks too much and causes raw for himself, The person who speaks too much to a woman, it's not because of the avera of a foreign woman who might be attractive to him. He's talking about his own wife. But so why is it going to be What's the bad that it causes him? Because being involved too much in details of what his wife's doing is for him causing a chisar. It's for him causing a loss in something, and for him that chisar is something which is right. This is the Gemara. The Gemara says the first time we find the Sama from Maisa Bereshis is when it talks about the lady by Yiskar, Basar Tachtena, that Hashem made into a separate human being and so he fashioned her and then clothed her in skin. On that Sama, the Chazal pointed out, that's the first Sama in Maisa Bereshis. And the reason is because Kimish never her Isha, when the creator, which the Bible was talking about, never Satan, what the Satan means. It means the the the, the samach is representative for the satan. Now, why the samach is, is the symbol of the satan also is an explanation. Uh, that's not what we're going to talk about right now. But what's the concept of that? Why is it, why is it created together with the lady? So where the Maharal explains that? He says, he brings the Chazal we just mentioned. And that is, Shemi Bresh is a Shinibris Ha'isha that the cause of samach. We don't find the, the, the samach of Shinibris Ha'isha and that is created, then it says, Ksiv Samach, Lamit, Lachar, Kimish, Nivris, Isha, Nivris, Satan, Ima. Upirish, Indian, Zah. What does that mean? What's the Satan which is created with the lady? Kaisha, Yerse, Chamris, Minayish. A lady is more Chamris, she's more connected to the physical world than a man is, which means she's more involved in the physical activities to make things happen. 
if a man's primary occupation is to learn Torah, it's something which is more abstract, something which is more ruchni, whereas if a lady's primary job is to do chesed, so there's nothing chesed about abstract. Chesed has to be done with poil, so she has to be much more involved in the practical, which is able to do chesed. And there is considered more chomris, more down to earth, so to speak. A man more someone which can give a tzura, which means something which is more detached, more more spiritual. And therefore, since there is more chomris, never sotn ima, shasotn the malachamavis, or koyachashimimeno hadesh nevra. The point which the sotn thrives on is when people aren't complete. And therefore, in a spiritual sense, when people are doing what they're meant to do, they're more complete. In a physical sense, there's more of a market where people don't do what they're meant to do. And therefore, there's, a, there's that lack which gives the Satan, so to speak, the inroad to, to, to attach himself to a person. And then it's compared to what a man is meant to do. So for him to do the tafkid of a lady is not the only meant to do. And therefore, a person is led after a lady. And what happens is he is now living an incomplete life, and that's the real ra, that's real bad. And therefore, he says the important point we have to know. You're not thinking something wrong with a lady, or something bad about a lady, or that the fact that the Yatsara attaches itself to her, so she's more tummy, or she's more asser. That's all he means. For a man to bring himself down to, to, the, so to, speak, to, to converse excessively with a lady, or to be involved in the, last, the mindset of the lady, for him it's a loss. And for him it's a head, there's something missing from what he should have been. An explanation is, like we said before, a man is primarily meant to learn Torah. And therefore, time which is not learning Torah should be doing a mitzvah which no one else can do. But if he has a wife and she's fully capable of running the chesed operation of his home, so then for him to be involved in that is a head there. It's causing a lack. He should have been learning. And therefore, when he says the female lose, which means compared to what he should have achieved as a man, He's not doing that by being too intimately involved in the job of a woman. We're not going to say that there should be something missing in the relationship of a husband and a wife. Of course, the uh, husband and wife should love each other more than themselves. And the speech which is necessary to build the relationship or to, to communicate to each other, it's also important that he's not talking about that at all. What he's talking about is The ribu yisrich with the lady means being involved in all the details of her world. And the more a person does that, he's involved in all the details of her world, the more uh, he loses his maila of what he's meant to be and connects more to her reality. And that's called the heda. It's not going rough for her. On the contrary, the fact that lady isn't involved in all those pratim and all those details and all the thoughts on how to do a more complete chesed or how to uh, produce something which people will enjoy more, is that's her job. But for a man to be involved in that to too much of an extent is uh, at the expense of what he could have been as Tamil. And therefore for him, for what he's meant to be doing, it's considered rough. 
וזה שם גם כן עובד לו מדברי תורה, כי איש החמריס אין איש החכמה ולא בפלח. ולאיש חכמה בפלח מינס, which is meant to think about, or she's meant to focus on is, how to maximize chesed. How to do things which can cause more chesed, influence more people, and help more people. And therefore her mind is focused on, in a physical sense, what can I do to produce more chesed. Because for him as a man, he's meant to be thinking about Torah, not thinking about Chesed the whole time, and therefore, when he's going to be involved in discussion with her, which is for for what she's interested in, and that for him is a, is, is a, bit, of, a bit of Torah, because for that he's discussing with her, so to speak, what is better from her, and then focus on what is better from him. talking, Immediately you can go back to Torah. Whereas when a person gets caught up in the mindset of being involved in all the details of his, so to speak, of his wife, then if that's the case, it's someone who's going to cause a long-term battle to her. Why? Because now he's bringing himself to her level. getting involved in her, her, so to speak, tafka, what she's doing, and he connects to her, so then, then he's connecting to her level, because just like a person is misdabbing to his wife, so he's uh, connected to, if that's what is interesting, he's connected to her level as well, or what she's doing as well. But that was a nikra hasar And now on that level, he's completely detached from Torah. It's not just the bit which lasts as long as the conversation. Rather, it's a mindset. And now that he's caught up in that mindset, or in that way of doing things, so now that, that's an ongoing, so to speak, source of brittle terror. That's the second point. And if we go back for a second to what we're talking about, the tent of Adam and Sarah. The tent of Adam and Sarah. So, Lemaisa, even though we call it Avram was the, was the one who was Machis Archim, but Lemaisa, the achievement was it was the tent of Sarah. And like the Gemara says, that the tent of Sarah, uh, the food was always plentiful. In the tent of Sarah, there was the candle which went Shabbos to Shabbos. And in the tent of Sarah, there was the, uh, the Shechina which was above the tent. Not the tent of Abraham. Because the focus of making the home a place of Chesed and a place of Kedusha is really the topic of the lady. And it rides on her. And that's how we see the difference was after Sarah Menna died. Abraham was still alive. And Abraham was still alive, so then the Chayra, it was still his home. It was still his tent. But those three brachas left. Oh, Abraham hadn't changed. Abraham was still the Machas Archim, Abraham was still the big Tzadik. That's true. But here we see the Yisrael, and that is that the brachas of the house come from the lady. That's the, the place where Kodesh Baruch intended her to be the one to, 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 to excel. It's, it's her field of operation, and that's why the bracha which comes, comes from her.
And uh, just like we find that Ramavina wasn't uh, so spending his time telling Sarah what to do, he enabled her to make the home of Chesed, and she did, par excellence. So then that became the maid of Sarah. That became the maid of Sarah. It was her tent. And suddenly later on, when Rivka marries Yitzchak, so then Rivka's tent had those brachas back again. But again, it was the schos of the lady. That becomes the, the tafkid, which is the tafkid of Chesed. Primarily, like we said, from the Vilna going focuses on her. And therefore, the husband's job is to allow her to do Chesed, support her Chesed. Just like a lady's job is to allow her husband to learn and support his learning. But not to be intimately involved in it, because that's at the expense of Hashem's respecting from him. And that's why we said it's going ra la For the lady, it's not going ra. For the lady, it's, it's what she's meant to do. For the husband, when it's not what he's meant to do, it's cause, it's, it's, uh, it causes a head and it causes a lack of what he's meant to be achieving instead. And both of them are different. Like we said, that because that's the expectation for him, so if he's going to spend his time instead focusing on his wife's job, then the, the loss that's causing him is that there's a little there. And that's also if Yerush Kehinim is going to explain, says more next time in detail, that Kehinim comes from what a lack, what a person didn't complete. And therefore, whenever there's a head there, whenever there's something which a person didn't do what they were meant to do or complete what they were meant to do, so there's something missing that, that that's what we call Oynish of Gehenna. And therefore, even a person can think, I was spending so much time involved in my wife's chesed, and therefore, well, what could I be lacking? I wasn't doing wrong things. But the answer is that for a man, that's a lack. Because that's not what's expected of him. Just like we find in other things, if a person is doing the avoider of somebody else, know what he's meant to be doing. So then he's doing something wrong. And similarly over here, if a person is doing the avoider of his wife, not the avoider of himself, he's doing something wrong. So just like if a lady was trying to do the avoider of her husband, and not her avoider, she's doing something wrong, something applies both ways. And therefore, so going back to where the Mishnah began with, Yezim Yechanan says that the job of a husband to make his home in Makam Kedusha is the outside. To invite people in, to share things, but the job of the lady of making the home of Kedusha is how she runs the home. She generates a chesed, she generates a Kedusha, and on that, the husband doesn't have to be involved on a, on a, on a so to speak, on a very in, uh, hands-on way to have the maid of a home of chesed. And in the country, because being that it's not the tough that she wants for him, so the involvement with it is going to just impact on his ability to learn Torah, which is the man's primary tough case.